This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On this episode, Ben and I address some of the areas Borough could look to strengthen during the January transfer window. Welcome to Extra Borough Pod. There goes the final whistle, and Steve Richard sealed promotion, and in style here at the Lamex Stadium, and on run the fans. Uh, well, the intro sums it up pretty well. Uh, Ben wrote an article earlier this month for the BorroughPod website looking at what the January transfer window could look like for Borough. Um, we thought we'd take a walk through some of those options uh, for the areas that we think the Borough are, are more likely to um, to strengthen in. Um, obviously, this brings me to introduce the man behind the article and the players we're going to look at today, Ben said, uh, our resident analyst. Uh, how are you, mate? Oh, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, good. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Um, the article was fantastic. It's had great, great reception. Um, a whole a whole host of uh, um, traction on the website as well. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it really showcases your ability to, to look at these players and, and, and bring them to the table for today. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, picking through it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, really looking forward to this. Um, and yeah, yeah. The article, the article's done well, which is really pleasing to see. Um, but yeah, yeah. Looking forward to getting stuck into a couple of these players on a little bit more detail. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is we've gone through. Um, we've looked. We've looked. I guess at the areas that we think Stevenage are the most likely to want to strengthen in. Um, and, and we've got a few players for each position, and you know there are a few other players, sort of just the, that we're throwing in, that we'll throw in at the end as a, as an aside to the three main areas that we think we want to we want to we want to strengthen in. Um, first off, we're going to start with uh, the f- up front, the, the the striker position. Um, Behind Jamie Reid, we struggled a bit for goals. Uh, Elliot List, Kane Hemmings, and Aaron Presley, and uh, Charlie McNeil between them, I think, have scored eight eight goals in the league, which is five fewer than Jamie Reid um, on his own. Um, should Reid's productivity dry up, it is a concern to think where the goals are going to come from. Um, so, Ben, we'll talk through the talk through the three players that you selected. Uh, first up, you. You have uh, Adamola Ola Adabomi from Crystal Palace. Uh, it was easy for me to say. Uh, you've also picked Cole Stockton from Burton Albany, which obviously there's there have been rumours flying around that that things haven't been peachy there, and that uh, Stevenage might be looking at that, at that option. And then also uh, Marco Mahoney, although I've definitely put the emphasis on the wrong play there. I made him sound 
Spanish, uh, Mark O'Mahony from uh, from Brighton. Um, why these three? And, uh, and and who's your favourite option out of the, the three? Well, the interesting thing about all of these three players is, whilst <clears throat> sort of on the whole, I guess you could say, they all offer you a fairly similar type of striker. They're all coming from fairly different backgrounds, I'd say, in terms of sort of like where they've come from, where they are at the moment. Um, so we'll start off with um, we'll start off with Adamola, um, Adamola Ola Adabomi, um, absolute mouthful of a name. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, just to give a bit of background on on Adamola, since coming into the Premier League Two side at uh, Crystal Palace, he's scored 15 goals in 27 games, um, and with a record like that, um, you, you think surely. It's only a matter of time before he's knocking on the on the door of, of the first team uh, down at Palace, and you know, without intending to offend Palace's other forward players, I actually think Adamola. When I've seen him, I don't see almost what someone like Jean Philippe Mateta, who starts regularly for Crystal Palace, I don't see how much more Mateta actually gives you than Adamola. Um, and at a younger age, I am quite surprised that Crystal Palace haven't given him a little bit more of a look in in the first team, especially in you know sort of like the cup games. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's already twenty years old, so it's not like he's seventeen, eighteen, and he's done what Charlie McNeil's done, for instance, at United, where he scored. Argued apparently six hundred goals in the in the youth setup, um, and he's now sort of looking to, to to find his feet a little bit. Like he, he's, it's been a little bit more of a sort of delayed transition, but he all of a sudden he, he does seem to be does seem to have that ability to to to, to get in behind the man and, and and score on a regular basis. So I, I think that's bang on. It's it's a surprise that he's not been given. Any kind of look in the first team setup, even in even in you know a Carabao Cup first round game or something along along that line. Yeah, yeah. The, the point you make there about the Carabao Cup and the age argument, I don't think from from what we've seen from from Adamola that there's any reason as to why he wouldn't be able to adjust to sort of men's football and League One standard. Um, we actually saw him play against Stevenish in the EFL yep. Trophy season and he scored. Um, yep. And what you'll have seen from him that day is pretty much that goal was everything that he's about. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big lad, physical striker, um, not afraid to throw himself on the end of a delivery. Um, so yeah, all the signs from Adamola are very encouraging. Um, and he, he almost gives you... He's, he's almost a combination, in a way, of the qualities of Kane Hemmings and Aaron Presley, which I think we, we all agree as Stevenage fans that one of Presley and Hemmings next to Jamie Reid is the best combination up front in that, in that two that we see up there. So I think Adamola, he's got the hold-up play. He's got the, the, physic, like, sort of the physicality, winning the ball in the air. Um, so... so I really think that that this guy is the real deal, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, 
if he really starts making impacts at the higher end of the championship or even at the lower end of the Premier League in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to, to the second man here, Cole, Cole, Cole Stockton from Burton. Um, very different circumstance with with him this, this this season, isn't it? Because he's he's not he's not played and started all that many games. I think he's only started eight games in the league so far this season. He hasn't scored in the league yet. He's only got a single goal, which came in the uh, I think he came in the EFL Cup or in the EFL Trophy. Maybe I forget which. Sorry, um, but it's he's a player that has got a history of being a good regular goal scorer. Um, so. It's an interesting pick. At 29 years old as well, he's the only one who's an established player in senior football as well. So why, what what made you add him to this list? Um, well, in the, initially Stockton came on onto sort of like the radar when I was making this article. Stockton came onto the radar primarily because I'd seen the rumours on, on Twitter that Stockton, you know, Stephen is interested and my initial response actually to that was, why do Stevenage need Carl Stockton? Um, because everything that I'd seen from Kane Hemmings and Aaron Presley, I was pretty pretty happy with. But then I thought about it and you've only got to look at Stockton's record. Since entering League One in 2020 with Morecambe, Stockton's got 47 goals in 134 games, which is not a bad return for someone who, whilst he was at Morecambe, was playing in a side who ultimately battled relegation for the entirety of their stay in League One. Um, you Obviously, he's currently out of favour at Burton um, for you know reasons that I'm sure only, only Dino Marmara could, could really tell you, um, and also has struggled to find the net. But is that just a case of maybe the system that he's playing at Burton being the lone striker. If you put him next to Jamie Reid with the qualities that Stockton brings, the hold, again, we talk about the hold-up play, almost being that target man might suit Stockton a little bit better if you put him up front with a strike partner. So I think he's yeah. definitely an interesting one to look at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't, for, for me, I, I, do look at, I do look at his... his performance this season with you know whatever the struggles may be whether it's the system whether it's Dino whether it's a whole could be a whole host of things but his lack of goals and if I look at Hemmings and even Presley like they're they're both players that while in in the past they've not been as as regular goal scorers as 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 efficient as uh, Cole Stockton has been. I don't know that he offers all that much more at this stage, at 29. So I, it's what it, it, it's pretty, for me. It probably put him at the back of that back of the list here. Um, but having said that, I think that he does offer he, like he does offer probably a lot of what the other two do, like you said. So um, it would it, certainly be more- a better. better it's whether he can rediscover that scoring form, really, isn't it? Yeah, that, and that's ultimately that is the million dollar question. You don't you don't know the answer. Um, no, no, of course, and it's only it's only half a season so far that he's kind of fallen away from what his usual standard is. So it, it may be a little harsh to think uh, he's not going to get it back. Um, 
We'll move on to your third option, Mark O'Mahony. Um, Brighton under 21. Um, I know absolutely nothing about him. He's one that's fallen well under my radar. So uh, so you can do the heavy lifting on this one. Yeah. Um, in, in Truth be told, until I started writing this article, Marco, I'm, I'm, we'll go, I'll go Marco Marni, you go Mahoney. I reckon one of us will get it right. Um, <laughs> Marco Marni, he's a player who I actually hadn't heard an awful lot about. I'd seen... I'd seen footage of him when he was playing in Ireland as a youth player in Ireland, and he looked he it looked like he looked like a man playing in a field of boys. He was just an absolute unit, sort of running through the defenses that he was playing against. And since then, I hadn't really heard an awful lot of him, and as. We saw, if you look at his stats, he played for Cork City back in the Republic of Ireland, played 11 times for their first team and didn't score. Um, but Brighton, understandably, probably from youth team football, they saw enough in him, brought him over to England. And since arriving in England, he has been an absolute revelation in uh, Premier League 2. Uh, he scored 12 goals in 19 games, including eight in nine this season. Um, he's also a key player in the Ireland under-19 squad. And what is sort of encouraging from the pathway that I've seen from Marco Marni is it's very similar. And I'm sort of, I guess it's easy to make a comparison between the two of them, given nationality. It does seem very similar to Evan Ferguson. Um, and, you know, Ireland under-19s, Brighton. I would not be surprised to see him sort of following those a little bit similar to Adamola, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, becoming a, a a very exciting young talent in the Premier League in the next couple of years. Um I'll let I'll, I'll let you comment on sort of the background that I've just given you and then I'll I'll go into sort of what I've seen from him in the Premier League two footers I've watched. Well, I mean that that all sounds that 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 all sounds very exciting. Obviously, uh, Ferguson at Brighton is is going to be a massive a massive player for them over the next season or two, and then I'm sure he'll end up at Man City and score a hatful of goals, um, or even worse, Liverpool. Um, but it's yeah, it it also it, it's it sounds like a very exciting project. I think. I, I do wonder whether being 18, whether he's going to face similar problems to sort of making his way into the side as a as someone like Charlie McNeil's had, Harvey White, whether he's ready for that sort of that step up into senior, senior football. football. Yeah. Yeah. Turns nineteen in um in January, all that. Yeah. But yeah, still the same argument. Yeah, it is. Uh have you got anything you, you want you wanna speak more on him? Um I I mean I'll I'll just go into sort of like the footage I've watched of him. Um yeah, obviously go goal scoring record I think speaks for itself. Um when when given the time and the space or, or the opportunity in the penalty area. 
he's he's clinical. Um, you know, it, you, you you don't have that sort of goal scoring record in a league which is as competitive as Premier League Two without having a, a number one a good eye for goal, but number two the the ability to execute finishes on such a regular occurrence. Um, but he's, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, for a young a young man, he is his in stature. He is way beyond his years. Um, I mentioned in the article a sort of back, well, not a backup goalkeeper, someone who I think will become a good goalkeeper in the future in Killian Cahill. His sort of distribution to Omani it is incredible. It is like watching, imagine a goalkeeper who would con- who consistently could pick out Aaron Presley, who, as we know, is formidable in the air, Stevenage. It's pretty much like that, but I would just say Omani's hold-up play is superior to that of Presley at the moment. Um, and if that's what it's like at 18 years old, I think <clears throat> with time, he's only going to develop into a seriously good striker. I look forward to talking to talking about him next summer and hopefully getting him then. Then give him give him the full year in PL two and then we'll uh, we'll look again next summer. <laughs> um, right, we'll 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 move on now to the second area. We're going to look at the attacking midfield options. Um, the position is undeniably Jordan Roberts position um the quality of his play both on and off the ball has stayed high despite the jump up to league one um but there's a clear drop off in sort of creative output behind him in the pecking order with nick freeman sort of being the next in line really the way it's been going the only other option in that area um while you can't really argue with his application, he doesn't deliver nearly enough in, I think, in any phase of play, but certainly in his output in the in in the final third or even in the build up in build build up. To be honest, um, so we're gonna have a look at some options there to 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 to, to give give Jordan Roberts a bit bit more um, competition in that area to help us out. Um, the options Ben's brought forward are just. Josh Shapes from Aldershot Town, which is a, a very interesting shout. Um, Charlie Kirk from Charlton and uh, Jamie Donnelly from Spurs. So, Ben, we'll start with Jamie Donnelly. What, what is he going to offer offer us that's different to Nick Freeman that will push push and give give Jordan Roberts that competition that we, that we want to see for that position? Well, I think the first thing with, with Donnelly is what, what is evident is his output is significantly better than the numbers that Nick Freeman's putting up. And, mm-hmm. well, obviously, albeit in a different league at youth level, um, mm-hmm. fairly similar to the sort of numbers that Jordan Roberts puts up on a, on a regular occurrence. And Jamie Donnelly yep. this season has 13 goal contributions in nine games in Premier League 2, playing for Spurs, um and sort of, I guess, the most interesting thing reading into it is that he's played in the same team as Harvey White, who is starting to find his feet at Stevenage. Uh, Donnelly and Harvey White last season in Premier League 2 especially looked to form. They looked like they'd formed a very fluent connection between midfield and attack. Um, Donnelly's also capable of playing as a striker, it might, I must add. Uh, but this season, I believe he's been playing predominantly just behind the striker. Hence his nine assists. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, this this is Spurs under 21 side who are sitting top of Premier League two. And Jamie Donnelly is the key player in that Spurs under 21 side at the moment. So he, he is a player who potentially could move on loan to the championship uh, this, uh, this January. I really do believe that uh, after one and a half seasons in Premier League two. Um, but obviously with Steven's connections to Tottenham, I don't think it's completely unrealistic to suggest that Donnelly could come in and, you know, if he can continue to part the numbers that he's putting up in Premier League 2, who's to say that he can't give Jordan Roberts a run for his money? Yeah, I mean, I'd say uh, it, it's it's an, it, his stat line is the first thing that jumped out at me when you, we sent the list over and I had a look at the players. Um, all competitions, 14 games, 6 goals, 12 assists, um, which... A fantastic, fantastic numbers for uh, you know he's a lad. He's eighteen years old playing in an under twenty ones setup. Um, I looked at the way he. I did look at very briefly his, his his stats last year. Did notice obviously that he played he played he played a lot of games alongside um, the likes of Harvey White. Um, so he, that's that that was a really interesting one for me, and I really liked. I do really like that pick. Uh, a pick I liked less <laughs> is Charlie Kirk. Oh, uh, some, some, some eyebrows raised at this one. Twenty-five years old, Charlton, uh, sort of left left winger, attacking midfielder. Um, eight games, one goal this season. Um, he was one of the last ones that I looked at on the list you gave me. So I don't know what's gone on. Has he? I assume he's been injured. No. Um, Oh, okay. <laughs> what I well, I will start this one off by saying if there is a single Charlton fan listening to this, they will think I am absolutely crazy for putting Charlie Kirk on the list. <laughs> um, the that's good to know. <laughs> the affair with Charlie Kirk at Charlton has turned into what I can only describe as ugly, uh, so to right, speak. Okay. It's got to the point where I, I genuinely think psychologically Kirk is probably in a position where he can't see himself playing for the club again. Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that I still think there is a good player in there somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And when we talk about what we are looking for in this position, we are not looking for someone to come straight into the starting eleven and change the fortunes of this team because ultimately the team's been performing well this season and Jordan Roberts has been performing well. Um, And you've only got to look at Charlie Kirk's sort of like 1920 season at Crewe, which was, I mean, since supporting Stevenage, one of the best seasons I've seen an opposition player have. He played 36 games, scored seven goals and got 14 assists um, in that season. And he's also, you know, we look at his time at Crewe, um, he's played 181 games for Crewe with over 50 goal contributions. Um, and this is a Crewe, you know, we all know Crewe are one of the leading sides in the EFL for producing good young players. Um, yeah, that academy is fucking unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? 
Honestly, uh, and there's and there's a whole series. You know, they've got the likes of Adam, Adam EC, um Arid, and offered at the moment. It's it's an, an incredible academy, incredibly well run club. Um, but Charlie Kirk. One thing I will say is you got to think back to last season. Stevenage signed Alex Gilby on loan from Charlton, and what did we hear from Charlton about Alex Gilby? We heard that he wasn't any good. That he probably wasn't going to change our season around in the way that we might think he did. And Alex Gilby turned Stevenage's season around to an extent larger than I think any Stevenage fan would probably have foreseen. So I don't think it's a case of Kirk being essential. I don't, I don't like to use the word finished. I don't think that that is at all the case with him. I still think there's a great player in there. He's, not afraid to take players on. Um, he's not afraid to cut inside and shoot, which is something that I commented on um, the podcast about the Exeter game. I'd like to see Roberts do that a little bit more. So does Kirk offer us almost a little bit more of a direct route to goal in that position? I, I think so. Um, and someone who's, if we can get that confidence back in him, I think could, could prove to be a, a really handy option in a promotion chasing side. Nice. I'm certainly more convinced than I was when I looked at looked at his season so far. Um, we've left. I think we've left the not necessarily the best player to last, but certainly the uh, most interesting shout. I think maybe of the entire entire episode here. Um, Aldershot Town's 19 year old Josh Stakes. He's ha- he is having an unbelievable season. Uh, 25 games in all comps, 14 goals, two assists. Uh, it is a name that I'm actually, I am a little bit more familiar with uh, than either Kirk or Donnelly. Um, having, you know, watched watched some National League stuff when it's been when it's been available on TV. I've seen more National League than I have. I've even seen League Two, to be honest. So I, I have been, I have sort of seen seen what he's been doing, and it's and it's certainly he's certainly a, a, a league a league one player of the future um, is now a little bit too early for him though. Does he need to build up and maybe step up to league two and then league one on his way up? Or do you think, do you think he's ready? I think he is. Um, and one of the things that I sort of put in my notes, the first thing that I had to judge Josh Stokes on as to whether he might be ready to step up was the FA Cup games that older should have just played. They beat Swindon, I think it was 7-4 in the end, in probably one of the most bizarre FA Cup games I've ever seen in my life. Um, Yeah, it was mental, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely ridiculous game. Um, (laughs) Josh Stokes, uh, uh, I mean, if you saw him in that game, he got one goal, um, and Mm -hmm. I believe it was was a lot of assists. I can't remember how many assists he actually got in that game, but I'm sure he got at least a couple. Um, But he, one thing that impresses me so much with him is his spatial awareness and his ability to exploit gaps of space um, when they become available to him. You know, whether that be moving off the ball into those spaces or whether that be taking the ball and driving into space before taking on defenders. He, in a way, 
it's a bit like Jordan Roberts. We see him often drift out to that right-hand side and fill in those sorts yeah. of pockets of space. Well, if you look at yeah. a Jordan Roberts heat map, it's almost just a strip along a certain yeah. sort of width of the pitch because that's all he does. He just he finds those pockets of space and he sticks there. Um, so I think Josh Stokes has got a lot of transferable um, skills and attributes to the Jordan Roberts role. And then, yeah, the, the main question is not just is he ready for League One, because I, I do think he I think he is, um, would also be how much is he going to cost? Um, yeah. You know, 19 years old, in my opinion, is probably the most valuable asset in the National League at the moment. Um and there'll be club, there'll be clubs who you may not actually initially think of who will be who will definitely have their eye on Josh Stokes. You've got clubs in League Two like Wrexham, Notts County, um, who are Stockport, Mansfield, who arguably might have a, a bigger budget than Stevenage. Um, yeah, and they're the sorts of clubs who will be looking at Josh Stokes and going. Yeah, if he came in now, he could be the difference between getting automatic promotion and finishing in the playoffs. Whereas I mean, we, yeah, might I mean, if, if I was going to say, if if he goes to Wrexham, for instance, which is where I'm almost assuming he's going to end up, because it is that kind of big money move that a team like Stevenage might not legitimately be able to afford the transfer fee. Um, I think that he could very well be the difference between Wrexham catching Stockport and not 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 catching him, not catching them. I think he's a very Absolutely. very good player, and and you know he, the way he the way he had his way with Swindon was unreal. And Stockport, he he was. In, yeah. I mean Stockport that that Stockport team are well for all intents and purposes probably going to run away with the League Two title this season unless they <laughs> sort of really slide off their form um, or someone like Wrexham or Mansfield really step up uh, in form and all the shots Stock, match, that Stockport, match that Stock, sorry that Stockport team will do a job in League One next next season oh, literally 100%. as they are without without any reinforcements whatsoever um, in, so, in the top half at the, at the very yeah, at the very absolutely, least absolutely um, yeah I, and the way that he plays the way that he and that order shot team played against Stockport was was admirable. Um, yeah, and I think that's the sort of performances that you want to see from a player when you're watching them, thinking, "Oh, is he ready? Is he not?" They're the sort of performances that that convince you. Yeah, if he mm-hmm. can do it against this team full of confidence at the top of League Two, then he's going to be able to do it at, at the very least in the middle of League One. But I, I think. If you're if Stevenage as a club, unless some takeover was to happen, like so to speak, this is the time that they would be able to afford Josh Stokes, in my opinion. It, it it's get it's it's the sort of get it done now deal before someone else comes and does it in the summer because he won't he won't be playing national league next year. I'd be absolutely stunned and quite appalled at Stevenage for not doing something about it. Um he's he's that kind of player that isn't going to be ab- available to a club like Stevenage for very long. Um it's it's a great shout. Um the final position that we're going to look at specifically today is 
arguably the biggest hole in the team. It's left back. Now, Dunn Butler has been a, a very good signing to bring the squad up to up, up to the level that's sort of required to compete in League One. He's had some great performances. You know, he was excellent against Lincoln, very good against Peterborough, considering the the, the strength of Peterborough and very good at Burton. Um, his pace, however, is his bigger we- biggest weakness, and we do see teams come come here or, you know, uh, on their own patch, look to exploit that like Peterborough and Exeter did, um, obviously to varying levels of success. Um, the three players that we're looking for, looking towards for this position are uh, Crystal Palace's Teo Adaramola, Nick Cerula from Crawley and uh, Aston Villa's uh, Ben Christine. Probably saying that one wrong too. Um yeah, um, I, when you, when you sent me the list, I straight away was like, I love Nick Nick Sorola. Um So that that's where we're going to start because that's the only one I can really speak to. But twenty three appearances for Crawley this season. You know, he's he's been ever present for them since he signed. Uh, four goals this season, two assists. Uh, he's he's a player that won't be playing League Two football much longer. I'm sure of it. Uh, I think he's definitely got the ability to step up to League One. Um, and do a job, and you know, there were. There, I don't think he's necessarily ready. Like he, I don't think he's going to come in straight away and be be a player that's going to keep Dan Butler out of the team immediately, and we won't see Butler again all season. I just think that he's certainly got the ability, and it might take him a few months to bring him up to, well, maybe not even a few months, few a, a, a few weeks into a cup into into a couple of months maximum to get him up to speed and get him performing at that level. Um I think that um he's a good player going forwards. Um and we disagreed a little bit. I th- I think he might be a little bit sounder at the back than Butler because his pace um his his pace will see him won't won't see him struggle so much against some of the uh some of some of the players like Poku and uh, Rangin, like 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 we've seen Butler struggle against. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head, really, with the sort of criteria of player that we're looking to bring in. Um, you know, we sort of we and, and we, as you said, we are not looking for someone to come in and immediately kick, sort of take down Butler's spot in the team because. As much as you know, he does get a lot of stick on social media, and unjust, like without any particularly justifiable reason. I, I think he's a solid left back, Dan Butler. I think he's pretty dependable uh, at this level. But as yeah. we saw on Saturday, the um, just there are some games that we've that we've played where they're just not quite the, the game that you you'd want Butler to be. Your, your only option at left back. Um, you, you might want someone who's got a bit more pace or someone who is a little bit more competent at maybe delivering the ball or running at players uh, to try and create something. And that was sort of what I had in mind when I selected these three players. But yeah, and, about- and that's... That that's something with Nick uh, with with Dan Butler from Saturday that really sort of irked me about his performance because um, obviously you can't you can't blame him for struggling against somebody who's just lightning quick. He doesn't have the pace. You can't hold him 
necessarily responsible for that. Obviously, the the way the team set up around that can be, and I think that we did try to set up around that to, to manage it. I just don't think it, anybody performs that well in trying to deal with that threat. But one thing that really irked me about Dan Butler on Saturday was that he seemed, for, for, for periods, he seemed really reluctant to get crosses into the box. And I, and I don't think it was just Butler either. Um, specifically, but certainly for the first half, there were mo- there were there were multiple occasions when he had the ball on the on, out on that left flank. When I'm like cross cross it cross it cross it, and he recycles either either you know played the ball down the line to, to, to Hemmings or went back to Pidge more often than not Pidge or um, into into Forster Kasky and sort of you know we we then recycle the ball round down to the other flank we try again and then it'd come out back out to come back out to Butler and it, it wouldn't go anywhere and and it comes back into the middle of the park to Lewis Thompson and he passes it backwards and it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, And I just think we, and I know that certainly in the second half, we, we did put the ball into the box more and that big lad who I forget his name now just got everything clear. Um, But I really wanted to see more, more crossing from the ball. He just seemed so reluctant to do it. And we, that's certainly a criteria quicker and we'll whip the ball in more often because it's something that Dan Butler's done on a regular basis that that just just puts me off him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Sarula will will provide much more of an offensive threat for certain. I I don't think there will be an awful lot apart apart from the pace. I, I don't think there's really an awful lot in it defensively between Sarula and, and Dan Butler. Um, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, um, what, what, what sort of comes out of it, I guess. Um, I, I think Sarula's ready to make the step up to league, to league one, um, you know, league two last few seasons, he's been very, he's been one of the leading left backs in that division. Um, and Crawley, as we know, I, I think would be willing to sell what is a key a bit of a key player for them. But I think we've seen with Crawley in the past, especially since these uh, the new owners have come in, they are willing to sell sort of key players at yeah. sort of questionable times of the season. Um, I mean, so yeah, I, last, I, last, last, this time last year, they sold, uh, sold what's, his, what's his face to Gillingham, didn't they? Uh, what's his name? That's uh, on Nichols. Tom Nichols to, to Gillingham, who, mm. who was a you know who they were fighting relegation against. Um, yeah, it's just a and they didn't they sell someone to Colchester around the same time as well, who were also in that battle. Just wild, but you know we, we let's exploit the idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but but yeah, I, I mean it, all things considered, I, I will say on the side note about Crawley, they're performing an awful lot better than I thought they would this season. Yeah, I mean, I put money, I put money on them this season to go down rock bottom. Yeah, uh, and they are, they've far, far, far outperformed. Yeah, uh, and I think Nick Nick yeah. has been been a big part of that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Ben Christine, I don't know anything about him, so yeah, again, that, that's, that's one for you to to take 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 on. Yeah, the the encouraging thing about uh, about Ben is his experience, I guess, to an extent, because of how young he is. 
he's played in a lot of different environments. Um, he's played Premier League Two football for Aston Villa, as you can imagine. He's played Cup senior football for Aston Villa first team. He's played League Two for Exeter. He's played Scottish Premiership for Kilmarnock. So what you've got there is someone who has, you know, I'm not going to come out and say that every single spell he's had has been, he's been, he's been unbelievable, all of them, but he's been solid in every aspect of, of what, of what we've seen from him thus far in the professional game. Um, And I, again, much as I say Butler, Butler's dependable, but I think Crescent is dependable with, but just adds a little bit more possibly. Um, so, so yeah, and um, as I sort of mentioned there, he's had a spell at Exeter in League Two, and he's originally uh, an Exeter Academy graduate. And you've only got to look at the careers of some of these Exeter Academy graduates to see what what special players they really are. You've got Ollie Watkins, uh, Ethan Ampadu. Um, you've got Archie Collins and Joel Randall, who are playing brilliant football at the moment for Peterborough. And of course, you've got Jamie Reid. Um, so I, I think vastly experienced in, in youth football, but with a, a, a good blend of senior football experience to complement that. Chris N's main attribute that I quite liked was his willingness to overlap runners. And the way that he delays and sort of manages his runs is really intelligent. Um and that overlapping run is something we don't see enough of from from Butler. Um, you know, he likes to play quite deep in, in he likes he likes to put sort of deep crosses in to the box rather than sort of really attack towards the byline, um, which is something I mentioned quite a lot in the article. Um, but I think Crescent, you know, he's not my number one choice for the left back slot. We'll move on to that in a second. But he, yeah, I think he'd be a, a solid pickup to provide strong competition for Dan Butler's place. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the um, who your number one pick was, and obviously by uh, by the powers of deduction, that'll be Teo Adamarola from Palace. So, so again, go go into it. Yeah, um, look, every time I've watched Teo Adamarola, I've been really impressed with him. Um, he has been in the Palace under-21 side since he was about 17 years old, which is no mean feat. Um, you know, clearly a player who's rated highly by Palace. Um, and since then, he's played 45 times in the Premier League too. So the sort of argument, I guess, is that he has played enough youth football for Palace to keep believing in him, that there has to be something there that convinces them that he could go on to play Premier League football. Um, And at this stage of his development as a player, he hasn't had a massive exposure to senior football, which as a Palace sort of fan, so to speak, must be quite, must be quite worrying, Um, which is why I think a low move almost has to be on the cards. Um, for yeah. Adam, Adam Mola, uh, at least in ja- if not in January, almost definitely in the summer. And from what I've seen from him, 
he is number one, absolutely rapid down the left-hand side, which I'm sure will really please all Stevenage fans because whilst it's not an absolute essential in the system that Steve Evans plays, it's something that I would say is desirable, especially as an alternative to Dan Butler. Um, He's also really um, confident, so to speak, in taking on players in in 1v1 scenarios, attacking that byline, as I said. His sort of range of attacking movement is much wider than that of Dan Butler's. and in a game like, as we said, like Saturday, if you have someone who's, you know, off the ball slightly better, but also when on the ball, more willing to exploit potential weaknesses in an opposition's defence, that can only be that can only be a good option to have in your squad. Um, and yeah, as, as you said, um, he, I, I think we mentioned before the show, he was rumoured with a low move to Wigan at the end of yeah. the summer. Didn't didn't quite materialise for whatever reason, um, but yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of, of this guy. And um, you know, if you if you were to watch Adaramola in 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 any of these Premier League two environments, I I don't see how someone couldn't be impressed with him. Excellent. Okay. Um, well, as I as I mentioned earlier, you've brought three other players to the table as well. Um, Another player whose name I'm going to butcher, Brendan uh, Wyerdy, perhaps, from Fleetwood, uh, Caleb Taylor from West Brom, and good old Jamie Cumming from Chelsea. Interesting pick per- picks there, particularly with Jamie Cumming. Um, we'll go through these options. So uh, Brendan Wyerdy, 24 years old from Fleetwood. Uh, he's a central, central midfielder, more defensively minded than, than attacking minded. 30 naps in all competitions, two goals. He's definitely too good for Fleetwood, isn't he? I I think so. Um, um, there might be, you know, due to Fleetwood's fairly poor run of form recently, there might be some people who maybe watch 90 minutes of Fleetwood every week who might disagree with me. But the patterns that I see in, in Waradu, he's been a staple of every team that he's played in for the last three years, whether that be uh, a Fleetwood side or a Colchester side, he's been a key a key player in 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 those sides, and he's got the profile of a midfielder that I think almost every successful team in sort of League One, League Two needs, which is as you mentioned, a big physical presence. Um, and he uses that to good effect. He's really strong in the air. His tackling is you know, absolutely superb. Um, you know, he's got excellent stats um, in all of those sorts of defensive actions that you'd look for. Um, and in the Steve Evans system, um, you, you need someone in that sort of sort of head of the diamond who is competent in breaking up attacks for opposition players. Um, you know, who is is strong in the air. They're the main two things that Finley Burns has done really well in that role. And when mm-hmm. I picked Waradu in, in the article, the, the, the sole reason was if if Finley Burns leaves, where where do Stevenage look next? Um yeah. and we'll move on to uh, somebody else in a second for similar reason. But 
Wiredu's a player I've always been a, a huge fan of. Um, someone who I think has the qualities to play uh, as a very competent championship midfielder in the future. And with Fleetwood being around the bottom of League One at the moment, I think there's there's certainly an argument that Wiredu should interest come from higher above would be interested in the move. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, we will, we will see what sort of price tag is required for, for him. Um, but he's a, he's a player I've always been a fan of, and I think could do great, great things in this Steve Evans system. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I agree more. I mean, I almost don't think it's, worth me commenting further on it I think you've covered it off perfectly there um, so we'll move on to Caleb Taylor 20 uh, year old lad West Brom uh, centre back um, only, pay, only appeared four times for them this season um, yeah it was this one's an interesting shot I guess it's also the to, to, to feel like you like well I mean you just suggest you just suggested it was basically um Another, another look at getting somebody to fill in that role that Finley Burns has played so far this season. Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah, the reason... And, and the interesting one about this one is it's someone that I didn't actually include in the article, um, Caleb Taylor. He's someone who... It's, a bit, well, it, it, it's not the first I've heard of him, um, but it's someone who only in the past couple of days or so, who I actually... Thought, when I thought about it, I saw, looked at I said, he could be available um, in January. And and that's the reason why I've included him. Because um, West Brom manager Carlos Corberan uh, has quite openly said a couple of times in interviews that whilst Taylor in the long term is a part of his plans at West Brom, just maybe isn't in his plans for the near future this season. Um and as a result, maybe looking to loan him out again. Um, and as if you do, if you look him up, Caleb Taylor, you'll see he had a really successful loan spell last year at uh, Cheltenham Town in League One. Played forty-five games. Um, you know, kept Cheltenham up, which was was a good achievement. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously, we'll probably need to gain some match sharpness given the fact that he hasn't played an awful lot this season. But the natural progression for Taylor in his development would be to to go from what was a bottom half League One side last year to a a top-end League One lower-end championship side this season. So I feel like it's a very realistic transfer that, you know, if West Brom, if Corberan is serious about loaning him out, I think could be a really good option for Stevenish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the final option, um, Jamie Cumming. Now, this is might have been the most surprising option of all of them um, for me. I why? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm. So the sort of argument that I will have for this is it's a bit similar to the Josh Stokes transfer. It's opportunistic is mm-hmm. probably the word that I would use to describe this. Um, Cumming hasn't played at all at Chelsea this no. year. 
Um, no, not his last appearance was in League One for MK Dons last season. Um, but for he's now 24. Obviously, Stevenage fans will all be familiar with him. He's had a loan spell with us. But 132. Very, very successful loan spell with us. Very successful. Mm. But 132 professional appearances, um, which at that age is is no mean feat. Um, with the bulk of these actually coming in League One, when he was yep. he was starting for MK Dons, who were absolutely flying when they brought him in. He was part of that side who, in, I mean, really should have got out of League One that season, should have got up to the championship and, mm-hmm. and blew it in the playoffs against Wickham. Um, yep. But what we know about Jamie is we know he's, he's composed under pressure. Um, he's not afraid to play out from the back which if I was being picky with Ashby Hammond, I think his distribution could be a little bit better. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think in terms of his actual goalkeeping, he's done too much wrong. But I think distribution-wise, there is still improvement to be made. And again, I don't... It's a bit like Dan Butler. I'm not saying that I'd like to see um, Jamie come in because Ashby Hammond's been bad. I don't think he has, yeah. but I'm anticipating Christian Hedgie is going to leave. And mm-hmm. ultimately, we are going to need a more, uh, either an experienced goalkeeper who is happy to play second, pretty much second fiddle to Ashby Hammond, or does Evans actually think, well, well, Jamie Cummings available, most likely on a free transfer from Chelsea. Yeah. we. This might be, as I say, opposite opportunist opportunistic the the cheapest that coming's going to come for the next five six years yeah um and as we know he's a top he's a top quality league one goalkeeper and if if we have aspirations of getting to the championship it, it can't be seen as anything other than a competitive move from Stephen. yeah no I, I i actually agree with you on, the, on that one uh Mauricio pochettino doesn't even know who jamie coming is um yeah. so God, I don't imagine they'd have. I don't imagine that he that they'd have much problem letting him go, and I don't think he'd have much problem leaving. Um, yeah. Certainly, in order to get first team football, um, I think that if you compare Tay and Coming, I think you've you've got it sort of bang on there. The the, the significant distribution, significant uh, differences that is Cummings' distribution is far far better than Tate's has been. Um, I don't think there's a lot of difference between them in their actual goalkeeping abilities. Um, that being said, with the with the, the the experience that Cumming has, and yeah, I do think he's possibly slightly better than Tay is at this stage. Um, so to 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 bring to bring him in would be, I mean, having two unbelievable goalkeepers for the level that you're at would be would be wild. And I think that you're right as well. The the opportunity to bring him in for what could be nothing this January or when he's out of contract in the summer would be, would be pretty, pretty wild. And you're almost certainly, I would, I would be amazed if we did bring him in, if there wasn't a situation where a championship club wanted to buy him in a year or two. Yeah. Definitely. The likelihood is that Tay will probably move up at some point if we don't as well. So you've got to hope that those are transfers rather than on a on freeze. 
Um, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great shout. Um, I would worry a little bit about how Tay will, Tay would react to it, but you'd hope that yeah. his reaction would be, well, I've got the number one shirt at the moment and I need to fight to maintain it. And that's that, that's that isn't it? You hope that they yeah. react, the, play, the players react to the competition in the right way rather than, yeah, rather than the if, wrong way. If not, you look, you look for, you, you, you still have to find a goalkeeper from somewhere, assuming Hedgie goes. Um, yeah. I did, I did mention, um, we got Matt Macy as a free agent at the moment, fairly low, fairly low risk experience mm-hmm. at this level. And, yeah. Who's to say whole City's third choice goalkeeper at the moment? Timmy Lotutala. Who's to say that he can come back and potentially be that number two cup goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a signing that I'd I'd like. Although I don't know whether that's just nostalgia or whether I think he can actually do the job at this level. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I want you to pick two players from the twelve we've discussed. As your, if you had, if you could sign only two, who would they be? Which two would you pick? I can only get two. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Well, we have to get a left back. Um, so I'm going to say Taylor Adamarola. Yep. Okay. Um, and I also think it's, I mean, the second one would be dependent on whether Finley Burns goes or not. I'm gonna. I, I'll assume that he stays, uh, and that we can get the attacking midfielder. And I'll say Josh Stokes. That's exactly who I thought you were going to pick. I wish I'd sort of written it down or something <laughs> uh, b- b- beforehand. Uh, I think that's the way I'd go as well. I might. I think. I think I might might say Josh Stokes and Nick Sorella. I know more of Nick Sorella uh, than Teo Adamarola, but I with I didn't mention it earlier, just I because I moved things on. But I do think that with Sorella, I wonder whether we'd be priced out of a move if we had to pay a fee for him. Yeah, um, which we almost certainly would. Yeah, so. But I, you know, a lane move for Teo Adamarola, and then and then trying uh, trying to spend trying to spend uh, some FA Cup money, perhaps on Josh Stokes would be uh, hopefully would be would be a great window. Uh, and like you said, you know, we've got the we we do have the 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 thing with you know we might see Hedgie leave, we might see Finley Burns leave, we are definitely going to see Charlie McNeil gone. So. It's going to be an active window. It's certainly going to be an active window for us. And if you believe, I think it was Neil Metcalf um, who said that uh, there might have been some business already completed or already certainly in being done already. So um, I'm, I'm very excited. I usually sort of, I usually dread January because, you know, signings like Zane Westbrook happen. Um, <laughs> But I'm quite looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm also slightly nervous about the whole Finley Burns situation. Um, and I'm. I've. I have a feeling that other people are a lot more nervous than I am about Jamie Reed and Terence Van Kooten. Um I think I, I've got enough confidence that we'll be able to keep hold of both of them at least. Yeah, I don't. 
I think I said it earlier in the season, just because Jamie Reed's playing well now doesn't mean he's going to continue to do it in League One. It also doesn't mean he's going to be able to do it any higher than League One. Um, and, you know, he's 29 and... Is he 29? He's 29, yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's 29 and this is the only season, season of his entire career where he's been a regular goal scorer. So... Is that something that a championship club's going to look at? I I don't think it is. I think they're going to look at him and go, he hasn't got enough previous for us to take that gamble mid-season. Yeah. Um, Terence Van Kooten, on the other hand, is a player that it would work. I, I can understand why people are worried. I don't th- I don't think he's going to go personally. I don't think he would have signed a new deal in the summer if he had any intention of leaving. I think no. he's settled and happy. And I think that, I that think contract does give us a lot more sort of power. Power. That. Yeah, we we we, we we we've we've got we've we're in a financial situation where we don't need to sell if we don't want to. Um obviously, you know, a team comes in and offers a million for TVC, you're going to take it every day of the week. But if they if if Peter were come in and offer what they are potentially were going to offer last summer, yeah, not last summer, the summer before, um, then uh, you know you might Especially you might not a see league a league right. You might yeah, you might not you might not entertain that as much as you possibly would have done mm. um, before. Uh, I also think that uh, I don't worry too much about Finley Burns going because I think TVC has enough ability to step up into that position and I think that if we can bring in then a centre-back on loan to to add a bit of cover I think I think having TVC as that holding midfielder is is I I, I do wonder whether his position his actual better best position would be a holding midfielder than a centre-back because he's so damn good on the ball um, yeah, but and, and, I think and I think with Sweeney coming back and yeah. we add another centre back, I think we'd be fine. Yeah, mm. it's, oh, yeah, exactly. I think I do think we'd be fine. But, yeah, no, I, I, I think I think we've, we've just about covered most of the transfer window together. But yeah, uh, little, I'm, sure, little, I'm sure it'll be an interesting window when, when it gets going. Absolutely, Leon Hunter is going to be sat there calling, call, going to give you a bell and be like, "Can you? Can I just have that list again, mate?" Go and <laughs> go off and go and go off and try and sign some of these players. No doubt, <laughs> we can only hope. Eh? Uh, right. Well, thanks for that. Um, oh, it's almost bang on an hour. I can definitely cut a little bit of waffle somewhere and make it a bang on hour. That's that's lovely. Um, thank you, thank you for joining me and doing the article and and sitting here and talking about some transfer options, Ben. It's, it's, it's a real pleasure. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Very enjoyable hour. And uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you've all had a very Merry Christmas and have a wonderful New Year. And as ever, up the fucking borough.
What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.